Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Today, I am going to talk about six signs that your relationship may be codependent. So I posted this on my Instagram. My Instagram is Beatrice underscore spills the beans. And I had a lot of questions about what does this mean? And, you know, just because you might have some of these doesn't mean that you do have a codependent relationship. I'm not here to label your relationship or tell you that you should do things different. The first sign you feel addicted. The relationship moves very fast and intimacy seems instantaneous. So this is part of the fad word hashtag narcissist. This is where the narcissistic, which, you know, I can see, I think narcissism, just a little quick tidbit. I think narcissism is a, our narcissism is a spectrum. You can meet two people with the same disorder And they can be totally on completely different ends of the spectrum. Some people have mild forms of it and some people are extremely narcissistic. So that's just an important thing to remember. I love to diagnose people. And, you know, this is a a little stigma. Like people who find out that I went to school to be a social worker or if people talk about psychologists, they often think that they are just going around diagnosing people. Well, it turns out when you are in school for it, you learn so much that you start to see patterns and then you really do go through a phase of diagnosing everyone. So I have to heavily contain myself to not diagnose people with narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, which also those two are very similar. So the difference between narcissism and borderline personality disorder, according to the DSM, from my research, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you will, is that borderline personality disorder is when people are remorseful when they do something to hurt you, but then they do it again. And narcissistic personality disorder is when people don't have remorse and they don't feel bad when they have behaviors that are not nice or abusive. So people with borderline personality will cry and they show emotion, but they repeat the behavior. And narcissistic personality disorder, they do not show remorse when they hurt people. That was something I learned. So that's part of, just like I said, little tips and tricks along the way. And I probably will insert those everywhere. So the first one, again, you feel addicted. The relationship moves very fast and intimacy intimacy seems instantaneous, instantaneous. Okay, so my first date with my narcissist, I just, I I, see there I go labeling my ex-husband who I had a toxic relationship with. I, I mean, I think he told me he loved me like within a week. And the way he showed me in attention now when I look back was so calculated. By the time we started seriously seriously dating, he was 29 and I was 18. 
and he had a ton of life experience and I really was a pretty innocent kid. My parents weren't like I wasn't innocent in the sense that like, I was a very sexual kid because I, um, you know, I have a history of sexual abuse at a young age. And so it, I was very sexualized and my dad was a very, I think people would say it's like crude, but I mean, he has a very dirty sense of humor. And it even for me, who's someone recovering from sexual abuse, it, it makes me uncomfortable. But when I was growing up, in the pilot, I said, you know, I had to learn things the hard way and I had to learn what things were acceptable in society and what were not as an adult. And it was embarrassing. One of those things I had to learn that was that being crude and sexual isn't cute and that it can make people's tummies hurt. So I'm very hyper aware of over sexualization and sexual innuendos and making uncomfortable jokes but that was something I learned in my recovery I was very crude so in my relationship I really related to the first one the second one is you feel anxious and fearful when not in communication I first started writing in the codependency journal my journal I wrote when I first started this recovery I wrote about how if I didn't hear from my ex, I would get super controlling and out of control and calling and calling and calling. And now looking back, I really recognize that there were so many signs that my denial flag was just sending off. So I was getting the instincts that things were happening. Like I can't even tell you how many times I found women's clothing items in our laundry and he would go freaking crazy on me or the time that I found that he had an ad on Craigslist trying to meet girls and he convinced me that he made the ad to see if I was trying to meet guys and he was hoping to catfish me but he also had a file in his phone of a bunch of naughty pictures that girls had been sending him on Craigslist there were all these signs, basically, and my denial didn't want to see those signs. So I played along with the convincing me that I was the problem and I was crazy and that these things weren't real. And I was in denial that I could be in a relationship with someone that could be unfaithful and that manipulative with me. And that, what's the word? He was unfaithful, but he was deceitful like to be so deceitful towards someone I didn't understand that that could be a thing so I was very anxious and fearful when not in communication because in my mind my intuition was telling me that he was probably up to no good and I'm definitely giving him the benefit of the doubt when I think that back to my behavior of feeling anxious and fearful when not in communication with him that he was cheating every time because there's no way that he was getting girls that often. I think I had good reason to not feel comfortable when we weren't in communication. So I'm, I feel like I'm in a pretty healthy relationship right now, a, a pretty healthy marriage. We definitely have our challenges, but we've done marriage counseling. We still work on marriage workbooks and we work on our communication daily and we're very open with each other. And 
I can tell you that the only time that I felt anxious and fearful when not in communication with him was at our bachelor party. And, and I think it was because I was having severe trauma, uh, PTSD from my past relationship. And it was, it was really triggering my codependency, but it had nothing to do with my current husband. And that's because he doesn't show any warning signs for me to feel that there's any uncomfortableness that he's unfaithful or he doesn't disrespect me in a way or he's not deceitful to me. He doesn't lie to me. He doesn't manipulate me. And so my little red flag isn't going off to make me feel anxious and fearful. So part of it is, yes, I own that I was feeling anxious and fearful because I was insecure in my relationship in my past. And that was my part. But my ex also gave me a lot of reasons. I mean, I shouldn't even say but because I, my mother-in-law told me that but cancels out everything you just said. And so I always think of that now. Shout out to my mother-in-law. I get that from an armchair expert episode with... I think it's Ryan Hansen. Shout out to Armchair Experts. Yes, Ryan Hansen, which is one of Dax Shepard's. Armchair Experts is Dax Shepard's podcast. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. But anyways, Ryan Hansen did an episode and he did a shout out to everyone. And I just thought it was hilarious. So you probably gonna, it's probably going to be a thing for me. And I'm stealing it from Ryan Hansen and I'm owning it. Shout out to Ryan Hansen. Okay. I'll see how long that goes on before I get emails saying, can you please stop shouting out to people? I need to turn down my radio every time you do that. That's my little bit on feeling anxious and fearful when not in communication. Third sign. Things are great when you're together, but deteriorate quickly with separation. This is so freaking true. Tell me why I thought this could, well, it was my first relationship, but I thought that, and we did my codependent relationship, my toxic relationship, we did long distance for the first year and a half or whatever. And it was terrible. It was freaking terrible because he was always up to shenanigans and I was always catching him. And then he was convincing me he wasn't into shenanigans. And so I was just constantly in a fear factor. Or he would go so long without responding and I got into this behavior of like needing to check in, needing a response from him because even though I was seeing the signs, I was convincing myself that if he answered the phone, he must not be cheating on me. He must be making me a priority. That's also something that I still struggle with in my current marriage. Like that's some baggage I brought is I do still feel the need to, I think it's related to self-worth and after having a baby and gaining weight I struggled with my self-worth again I'm working on getting back into a healthy lifestyle and so I, f I can I'm noticing my self-confidence is coming back so I'm recognizing long tangent to get to this point I'm recognizing in my current marriage that I still when I'm when I feel insecure and my self-worth isn't as high as it sh should be to be regulated and healthy emotionally. I find myself needing my husband to prove to me that he loves me. And so I play games now like, oh, if he loves me, he will buy me an expensive birthday gift. If he loves me, he'll go to the grocery store when I ask him to. 
if he loves me, he'll go pick up dinner if I ask him to. So then it turns into if he says no, I throw a fit because that means he doesn't love me. And so I still have that tendency, but I've learned that it comes out when I'm not emotionally regulated. And so actually, I learned this from Dax Shepard, and I probably will talk about Dax a lot because I love him so much. Um, (laughs) Maybe I really should reach out to them to sponsor me. Dax taught me that when you're not emotionally regulated and you're acting out to check Are you being of service of others? Have you exercised? And how are you eating and hydrating? I don't even know if those are the three, but that's what I took from it. And so that's what I ask myself now. So that has turned into me doing daily yoga. I started doing Noom. I'm still working on on needing that reassurance. And so that reassurance played a big role in my first relationship where I I didn't have security as a foundation to our relationship. And so it caused this toxicity. And I really do hope that through this podcast, I can bring some awareness of behaviors that I have as a codependent or, you know, maybe that you might relate to as well. Oftentimes I will see the point of view of being a victim of codependency and I really do believe in transforming into a survivor and I do have a survivor mentality I you know I'm a sexual abuse survivor I am a toxic and abusive relationship um, domestic violence survivor part of being a survivor is owning my side of the road too and I really do hope to model that. And I'm sure that sometimes there's still parts that I haven't of my story that I haven't owned yet because I haven't learned that lesson and I'm not perfect and I'm not healed. I I mean, I think if I have learned anything from this, this journey of starting this podcast and getting going on, on, you know, researching and, and working on content And then recognizing it's kind of making me jump back into the codependency. And, you know, I'm I have learned a lot, but I still there's so much to learn that I'm retaining more and noticing even more right now patterns that I could be working on. Um, And so recovery is a process. It's not there's not an end destination. You're constantly working on it and finding things that you could be improving So if you enjoyed this episode, what I'd really love for you to do is share it with a friend who you think would get some value out of it. And remember, awareness sparks growth, my friend. Thank you for hanging out with me, B. While I'm finding out how to be me, I hope I empower you to be you.